I'm calling it right now. The Democrats are going to steal Pennsylvania in the midterms this year, just like they did for Biden in 2020. Find out how on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 268 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Wednesday, October 26th. 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th, political prisoners, most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you like to support what we do, Go to our website, docwashburn.com, click on the button that says become a patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. I'll tell you what, I've got some absolute fire evidence coming up. They're going to steal this one in Pennsylvania. They're going to do it. But and, and I'll I'll just I'll make the case. We got breaking news. I will make the case of what's going on in Pennsylvania. We report, you decide. But first, if you will, if I may, please allow me to mock the libs while I still can. And now for our coverage of the Tuesday evening Fetterman Oz, Pennsylvania Senatorial Debates and the Zeldin Hochul New York gubernatorial debates with commentary brought to you by Alistair Cook, who actually passed on over 18 years ago, but I have chosen to identify as Alistair Cook this evening, and I insist that you not misnomer me. Remember, if you know, you know. We begin with Republican U.S. Representative and New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin in an interchange Tuesday evening with the hapless incumbent governor, Democrat Kathy Hochul. This governor, who still, to this moment, we're at, what are we, halfway through the debate, she still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. There, there, Ms. Hochul. I may call you Miss, mayn't I? The reason Representative Zeldin finds a rampant crime in New York so important is because he's not a, a misanthrope like you and most other elected Democrats. He actually cares about his constituents. The very idea of getting rid of cash bail for most crimes, including many violent ones, for the Excelsior State would in any way increase consequences is absurd. Have you gone daft? Representative Zeldin had a much more sensible approach as he summarily cleaned Ms. Hochul's clock on this clip. The reality is, and I've been asking for months, and my opponent still can't finish the sentence, so you can't expect her to ever fix it, but New York leads the entire nation in population loss because. She actually got asked this question by the media a few weeks ago when she was at Binghamton Airport. She probably would love to have a redo because she messed it up that time. For me, you ask me, why does New York lead the entire nation in population loss? Because their wallets, their safety, their freedom, and their quality of their kids' education are under attack. So they're hitting their breaking point. They're looking at other states like the Carolinas, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, and elsewhere, and they feel like their money will go further, they'll feel safer, and they'll live life freer. The state is at a crossroads. We were at a crossroads in 1994 when New York elected George Pataki, and we're at a crossroads right now. But as far as what happens with Kathy Hochul and one-party rule for four more years, outsized power of self-described socialists, we need balance and common sense restored to Albany. I say Lee Zeldin for the win. I mean, seriously. Do you know anyone in his or her right mind who would actually want to move to the state of New York? 
Well, the very suggestion was so ludicrous the lads and I fell about the place at the very mention of it. Here now a brief clip of Governor Kathy Hochul pontificating about how much she enjoyed acting like an empress. You've been an election denier, a climate change denier. You and Donald Trump were the masterful COVID deniers. We are dealing with a real crisis. And the more people get vaccinated, get those shots in arms. And I would do it all over again what I did last year, that mandate for health care workers. I say, is this governess really that ignorant? Or is she just in love with her own propaganda? She sounds as if she's impervious to external stimuli. In this next clip, she is once again verbally undone by Representative Selden. But it's about getting the guns off the streets. That's the first start. We have more to do, but I'm the one to do it. Did you want to respond? Yes. Yeah, of course. I, unfortunately, Kathy Hochul believes that the only crimes that are being committed are these crimes with guns. And you, you have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impact them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism on our streets. It just happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature should come back and they should overhaul Castle's bail and these other pro-criminal laws with zero tolerance. But they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me. And then you'll find out where maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. Smashing. So at long last, voters in New York have the opportunity to say they're tired of being abused. Who knows? They may actually elect a Republican governor for the first time since 1994. Now it's on to the Pennsylvania senatorial debate between a liberal Republican doctor and his Democrat opponent, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. Now, Dr. Oz is quite comfortable in a television studio. On the other hand, Fetterman, who reminds one of the Peter Boyle character in Young Frankenstein, is uncomfortable in any studio. For that matter, Frankenstein, excuse me, excuse me, I mean Fetterman, is uncomfortable anywhere. Uh, bless his heart, Fetterman is even uncomfortable in his own skin. Think I'm exaggerating? Well, here's the first example. How critical it is that we produce our own energy and create energy independence. I must correct the record. Uh, well, he uh, just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? I, I, I do support fracking and I don't I don't I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. Okay, thank you, Mr. Fetterman. On I'm sorry, the Lisa, there, there's not just a statement you Well I told you, didn't I? You could feel the discomfort oozing out of the speakers, and of course you hear Dr. Oz beginning to lodge a complaint that the non-answer proffered by Frankenstein, uh, pardon, pardon, I mean Fetterman was thoroughly unacceptable. But wait, we have only scratched the surface of Fetterman's mumbo-jumbo. This next clip is simply world-class. Mr. Fetterman, I will allow a 15-second rebuttal. He has specifically said you have not paid your taxes and that you want to raise taxes on Americans. How do you respond? Uh, absolutely. The Oz rule, of course, he's lying. It was helping two students 17 years ago to help them you know, buy their own homes. They, they didn't pay the bills, and it got our paid, and it has never been an issue in, in any of the campaign before. It was all about nonprofit. All right. Thank you, Mr. Fetterman. My Jove, what manner of fresh inferno is this? Words thrown together in a nonsensical fashion, and the moderator is all like, oh, thank you very much. Even as Frankenstein, oops, uh, uh, Fetterman. Makes no sense at all. Speaking of which. Uh, uh, yeah, again, my Dr. L believes that I'm fit to be serving, and that's what I believe is where I'm standing. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. See here, good man. Your Dr. What? My Dr. L. Ah, yes, of course, Dr. L. Perhaps I can elucidate this for you. Frankenstein, oh, oh, drat. I, I, I mean, Fetterman. Right. Fetterman has a lot in common with dementia Joe Biden. Now, Joe had an aneurysm, Fetterman had a stroke. 
To some extent, each of them is receding into a childlike state. So what do parents tell small children when a grandfather has passed away and eventually grandma has a new beau named Roy? Well, they introduce him to the tykes as Papa Roy. Or perhaps grandma has passed away and grandpa has remarried a woman named Doris. Well, they introduce her to the little ones as Grand Doris. Now, these nicknames are created because the new person is not truly a grandparent in the strictest sense, but the progeny are encouraged to accept them as such. Now, what does this have to do with Boris Karloff here? I can almost see the bolts at either side of his neck. No, 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 it's Fetterman. Well, it has everything to do with Fetterman. He says his Dr. L believes he is fit to serve in office, but clearly no actual doctor with his salt would ever tell such an outright fabrication. So Fetterman's hideous wife, who subjects him to the same sort of abuse, elder abuse, Jill Biden puts Dementia Joe to, has introduced Fetterman to some quack who isn't an actual doctor and told him to think of him as his Dr. L. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. No booing, no booing for what you're paying for the show. This is hilarious stuff. And how can a man, you know, with, with you know, 10 gigantic mansions, you know, has uh, am willing to talk about a, a willing wage for anybody. Imagine a signal mom trying with two children, trying to race with them. Oh my, this is just too painful. Please make it stop. Not a living wage, but a willing wage? Not a single mom, but a signal mom? With two children trying to raise with them? Please, for my sanity's sake, make it stop. Make the bad man go away. Oh, I think it's it's critical that we be consistent, and I do not believe in supporting the uh, Supreme Court. He doesn't support the Supreme Court? What rubbish is this? Does he support the executive branch? The legislative branch? The other courts? For that matter, does he have an opinion on lunch? and dinner. Back to you, Mr. Fetterman, for a follow-up. In an op-ed for the Wilkes-Barre Times leader, you wrote, quote, it is time we crack down on the big price gouging corporations that are making record profits while jacking up prices for all of us. How do you plan to do this, sir? You mentioned price going after price gouging corporations. How do you plan to do this? You have 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. We have to keep pushing back on that. And he would never make that choice to, to fight for uh, for for uh, Amer uh, families here in Pennsylvania, you know he has never met an air uh, uh, an oil company that he doesn't swipe right about. You know he has never been able to stand up for working families all across Pennsylvania. You know we must push back. Inflation has hurt Americans and Pennsylvania's families, and it has given the oil companies record profits. Well, the mainstream media had their work cut out for them, trying to make excuses for the oddity running for Senate. Senator is a Democrat in Pennsylvania. Here is Chris Fredo Cuomo's lame attempt. Voters, I think, saw things that will definitely change the state of this race. It's not his fault, uh, but Lieutenant Governor Fetterman struggled. Um, and again, I'm not faulting him for it. I don't think his preparation was great, uh, but he clearly is dealing with health issues uh, that affect his ability to process and his ability to speak. Why might you ask, do we refer to Andrew Cuomo? little brother Chris as Fredo. Well, isn't it obvious? He reminds us of this character from Francis Ford Coppola's Godfather 2. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Like dumb. I'm smart and I want respect. So Fredo Cuomo wants respect. Lieutenant Governor Frankenstein, oh, that's Frankenstein. Uh, uh, no, Fetterman also wants respect. We all want a lot of things. But as Sir Michael Philip Jagger once said, you can't always get what you want. All right. But you got that. And I appreciate you putting up with it. Uh, by the way, by the way, most mainstream media has been saying that uh, Fetterman did a great job. I mean, he's out there sounding like somebody who's been hit in the head too many times. He's out there sound, he, he, I'm sorry, he makes Joe Biden sound very lucid. He makes uh, Sling Blade sound very intelligent. 
And most of them are going, oh, no, he did a good job. You know, he just had a stroke. He's going to get better. Now, one exception, there is an exception when it comes to the mainstream media. First of all, the young lady reporter from NBC News who interviewed him a couple of weeks ago and just reported he doesn't seem to be able to understand small talk. And the rest of the mainstream media came down on her like a ton of bricks. Fetterman's wife wanted NBC News um, to punish her. But we have another exception. A guy named Joe Scarborough, who used to be a conservative Republican U.S. representative from the 1st District of Florida. At that point, that was about half the panhandle from Pensacola and the Alabama state line and the just extreme western part of Florida all the way over the Hathaway Bridge between Panama City Beach and Panama City. From 1995-2001, that was Joe Scarborough's district. The district is smaller now because there are more districts in Florida now. Matt Gates represents that district. Anyway, somewhere along the line, after he retired from the U.S. House of Representatives, he decided to be a liberal Democrat to fit in on MSNBC and do the Morning Joe show. And he left his wife and his co-host, Mika Brzezinski, left her husband and they got married. So he's got to be liberal. He's got to be a Democrat. He's got to... So he shocked a lot of his followers in social media. Liberals got very upset with him because he went out there Tuesday evening and said this on Twitter. This is Joe Scarborough now. Word for word quote. He said, John Fetterman's ability to communicate is seriously impaired. Pennsylvania voters will be talking about this obvious fact, even if many in the media will not. Well, you know me. I don't want to rattle any cages, but I couldn't leave, I couldn't leave that alone. I mean, it was just too rich. I mean, it's like I, I, I saw it coming right down I-40. And I had to say something to him. So I went on Twitter and I responded. I said, hey, Joe, it's me, Doc. I interviewed you on my talk show in Panama City back in 2001 when you were still posing as a Republican. Looks like you've been hacked. <laughs> well, I, I found it amusing. Anyway, coming up, coming up, the breaking news that I think shows conclusive proof that the Democrats are planning to steal Pennsylvania for the gubernatorial election and the senatorial election, just like they stole it for Joe Biden back in 2020. That is coming up straight away. First of all, though, let me just tell you how much we appreciate our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do here. Week in and week out, now into our second year on the Doc Washburn Show. I was at Red River today, about time to get an oil change, and that's where I went. Look, if you tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That is where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online. They'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they have added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. Don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences 
and all the math happens automatically. So you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. Now, if you live in Arkansas, you're probably close enough to, you know, an actual brick and mortar Red River store if you want to go, you know, buy the car in person the way we always used to do. That's an option if you live in Arkansas. But buying online is an option anywhere in the continental U.S. You want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. Thank you, Mitch Ward, proprietor of, of Red River Your Way. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Now, again, before we get to the news that I think points conclusively to the idea that the Democrats are getting ready to steal Pennsylvania for the governor's office and for the U.S. senator seat. I want to just tell you something here. I want to say a word about America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. It's called Patriot Mobile. Now more than ever. It is so important for us patriots to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veterans and great discounts for our first responder heroes, as well as for multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you are shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of the big mobile companies to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar we earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use the promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, my first name, for free activation. Make sure you use the promo code DOC for free activation. Now, Patriot Mobile is also offering competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. If you're a conservative-owned business, tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, switch to Patriot Mobile Business. Find out all you want at business.patriotmobile.com. Or, you, again, you can call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. And, again, make sure you use promo code DOC, D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or 469-FREEDOM if you just want to call them. All right. Now, let me put this together for you. And we will do this in the order of how this all came down. Okay? Because we're starting a few days ago going right up to stuff that's been breaking within the last few hours, okay? First of all, Daily Wire. Ben Zeisloft over Daily Wire has the article, Smacks of Desperation, ACLU Files Motion Over Pennsylvania Mail-In Ballots. And here's what they say. The ACLU filed a motion Wednesday, October 19th, 
that urges election officials in Pennsylvania to count mail-in ballots missing a handwritten date on the envelope. The Third U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals have previously ruled that mail-in ballots without the required date on the return envelope should be counted, however, after the Supreme Court vacated the decision, acting Pennsylvania Secretary of State Lee Chapman issued a statement claiming that the opinion was, quote, not based on the merits of the issue and does not affect the prior decision. You got that? So the Secretary of State of the State of Pennsylvania says she is going to ignore a U.S. Supreme Court decision. Specifically, specifically about what she is doing in her office at her state. She's going to ignore what the U.S. Supreme Court said. The ACLU is seeking to intervene in Ball versus Chapman, a lawsuit pushing for election officials to refrain from counting ballots without a date on the envelope and contends that thousands of voters' disenfranchisement is at stake. ACLU attorney Ari Savitsky said in a statement, throwing out valid votes because of a minor paperwork error is undemocratic, illegal, and smacks of desperation. He said this effort threatens thousands of Pennsylvanians, most of them senior citizens and longtime voters with disenfranchisement. Under Pennsylvania state law and federal law, a ballot cannot be tossed if a voter simply forgets to handwrite an inconsequential date on the outer return envelope. These votes must be counted, unquote. The motion, backed by voting rights groups such as the NAACP, Pennsylvania State Conference, and the Black Political Empowerment Project, argues that any restrictions, any new restrictions, that is, would unduly interrupt the midterm election cycle. League of Women Voters of Pennsylvania Executive Director Megan Pierce added, election officials know when ballots are sent to voters and when they are received. A voter adding a handwritten date to their return envelope does not add a verification of any sort. This latest attempt to disenfranchise voters for the simple mistake of not dating their return envelopes attempts to undo the progress Pennsylvania has made in making elections more accessible. Whoa, 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 whoa. These are the guys that wouldn't let the Republican poll watchers in while they're counting the votes in Philly. Remember that? Strife over the Commonwealth's laws regarding undated mail-in ballot envelopes emerged between Dr. Mehmet Oz and David McCormick, who competed to secure the Republican nomination for the Pennsylvania Senate race earlier this year. The Oz campaign blamed McCormick for following the Democrats' playbook and eroding voter confidence in the election by pressing officials to count the disqualified ballots. Voters now will choose between Oz and Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, an automaton, I'm sorry, a Democrat next month. Republican National Committee, which joins plaintiff David Ball in the lawsuit, argues that returning a mail-in ballot with an undated envelope violates state law. The RNC asserts the U.S. Supreme Court's opinion made sufficiently clear that such votes should not be counted and said that Chapman was wrongly usurping the high court in her attempt to disregard the ruling. In a statement, Pennsylvania and national Republican officials said, Republicans are holding Pennsylvania Democrats accountable for their brazen defiance of the Supreme Court and the rules duly set by the legislature. Pennsylvania Democrats have a history of election integrity failures, and Pennsylvanians deserve better. This lawsuit is the latest step in Republican efforts to promote free, fair, and transparent elections in the Keystone State. The Senate race between Oz and Fetterman is among the most competitive in the country and could help Democrats retain control of the upper chamber. Now, for those of you down in Dumas, Arkansas, the upper chamber means the United States Senate. 
According to a recent survey from Emerson College and TheHill.com, the former candidate, Oz, is supported by 43% of the voting population, while the latter, Fetterman, is supported by 45%. Yeah, but they're probably doing a poll of registered voters instead of likely voters, so it's ridiculous. All right, so that is the Daily Wire article from October 20th. All right. Now, what do we have next? Probably the Federalist article. Yeah, it looks like the um, the Federalist article is the one that came out the next because the other two articles came out on Wednesday, October 26th, just, just a few hours ago. Okay, so let's take a look. Sean Fleetwood at the Federalist on October 21st. That's Friday, October 21st. Has an article entitled, The DOJ is hiding information about Biden's attempts to interfere in U.S. elections. Excuse me, do I have your attention yet? I hope I have your attention. I don't know if you've heard this anywhere else because I don't have time to listen to talk radio anymore because I'm doing show prep for this thing around the clock. I hope other people are talking about it. But I seek out the kind of things that I used to talk about on the radio that nobody else would talk about. Okay, so here's what the Federalist said Friday the 21st. The Department of Justice is slow walking its response to a federal court order mandating that the agency forfeit records pertaining to Joe Biden's March 2021 executive order that directed federal agencies to develop plans for federal interference in state election administration. Do I have your attention? I hope I do. Because those last few words, they actually link to an earlier article from the Federalist. A whole article about federal information, federal interference, pardon me, federal interference in state election administration. Y'all, this is serious right here. On Thursday evening, the 18th, The DOJ filed a motion for summary judgment with the Fort Myers, Florida Division of the U.S. Middle District Court of Florida in an attempt to conceal communication records related to Executive Order 14019, which required all federal departments to consider ways to expand citizens' opportunities to register to vote, and to obtain information about and participate in the electoral process. In law, summary judgment is a decision issued by a court based on statements and evidence for one party against another without going to a full trial. Well, see, we've got a problem here. Because why should the Agriculture Department have anything to do with considering ways to expand citizens' opportunities to register to vote and to obtain information about and participate in the electoral process. It shouldn't. Why should the uh, the National Parks Administration? I mean, let's go down the line. What does this have to do with the Federal Reserve? Well, the Federal Reserve is not a government agency, but you, you get where I'm going with this. Anyway, the article continues. The move by the DOJ to shield the records in question from the public comes after a federal judge mandated in July that they must turn over documents related to Biden's order to the Foundation for Government Accountability, which sued the DOJ back in April after its officials failed to respond to the Foundation for Government Accountability's July 2021 open records requests. 
while the DOJ ultimately turned over a few of the records to the Foundation for Government Accountability last month, the documents were heavily redacted and did not include the DOJ's 15-page strategic plan on how the agency intends to comply with Biden's executive order. In their Thursday legal filing arguing for a summary judgment, the DOJ claimed that its Civil Rights Division has submitted a reasonably specific declaration describing the search that the Civil Rights Division conducted for records responsive to Freedom of Information Act requests from the Foundation for Government Accountability and that documents withheld or redacted by the DOJ are protected under the presidential communications privilege. The DOJ filing reads, the presidential communications privilege applies to the strategic plan because it was solicited and received by the president's immediate White House advisors with broad and significant responsibility for investigating and formulating the advice to be given the president regarding voting rights issues. The strategic plan therefore falls squarely within the scope of the presidential communications privilege. Most notable in the agency's arguments, however, is the contention that the release of the information requested by the outside group would cause public confusion and that such public confusion would result from disclosure of the strategic plan because it contains many proposed actions that the public might construe as future commitments, past actions, or provisions already in place. So they said the DOJ therefore properly withheld the strategic plan in its entirety. In response to the DOJ's continued cover-up, the Foundation for Government Accountability President and CEO Taryn Bragdon issued a statement blasting DOJ's behavior, saying that it's clear the Biden administration has weaponized DOJ to hide records and is using the legal process to run out the clock before the midterm elections. But wait, there's more. They say DOJ offers flimsy excuses to justify concealing key information regarding their participation in government-funded get-out-the-vote efforts. And the FGA will not stop fighting to uncover these records and expose the full scope of the Biden administration's mass voter registration scheme. The law and the American people are on our side. As reported by Federalist Editor-in-Chief Molly Hemingway, Biden's executive order isn't just unethical and unconstitutional, but a recipe for chaos, confusion, and fraud at a time when election security concerns are particularly fraught. She added, Executive Order 14019 ignores that the Constitution does not give the executive branch authority over elections. That power is reserved for the states with a smaller role for Congress. She also said, considering that H.R. 1 and other Democrat Party efforts to grab more control over elections have thus far failed, Congress hasn't authorized such an expansion of the executive branch. With the 2022 midterms rapidly approaching, the Biden DOJ has since been ramping up its efforts to intervene in elections under the guise of targeting so-called voter intimidation in various states around the country. Most recently, the DOJ's district attorney in New Hampshire, Jane Young, appointed Assistant U.S. Attorney Seth Afram to lead the efforts of her office in connection with the Justice Department's nationwide Election Day program for the November elections. Okay, that's got to be a typo. The DOJ doesn't have district attorney. That, that would be the U.S. attorney for New Hampshire. Anyway, the DOJ's press release said, the Department of Justice has an important role in deterring and combating discrimination and intimidation at the polls, threats of violence directed at election officials and poll workers and election fraud. The department will address these violations wherever they occur. Well, they certainly didn't with the Black Panthers who had weapons on them 
and were keeping white folks from coming into a polling place in Philly back in 08. As soon as Eric Holder took office, he ordered career prosecutors to drop the case against these people. And the career prosecutors said, what do you mean? I mean, we, they defaulted. They didn't show up in court, so we, we got a judgment against them. I don't care. Drop it. Merrick Garland gets out there and says, oh, well, we're going to follow the law without fear and favor. Without fear or favor. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Sounds too much like Clinton. This Justice Department is not politicized and will follow the law wherever it goes without fear or favor. Yeah, that's more like Merrick Garland. Unbelievable. Now, I got two more articles coming up that have broken within the last couple of hours that I think prove conclusively that they definitely plan to steal Pennsylvania no matter how many votes Dr. Oz gets over Frankenstein, I mean Fetterman, no matter how many votes, for that matter, Doug Mastriano gets over a Josh Shapiro for governor. And I'll share that with you. And, you know, like I say, we report, you decide, but I think it's getting, getting pretty obvious. But first, let me say once again, how much I appreciate our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do here day in and day out. Can't thank you guys enough. So the question is, are you having problems with sinuses, allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? For that matter, migraines, psoriasis, any number of maladies. Well, the Arkansas Cervical Center has helped a whole lot of people. They might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment, and if it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it is designed to do. I had severe hay fever and migraines all my life. The hay fever would last five or six weeks every spring. When I got my atlas adjusted, not only did the migraines go away, but when springtime rolled around, for the first time I could remember, I didn't have hay fever. And you know what? It's never come back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They have helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people that we know. It's best-kept secret in American health care. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. Thank you so much to Dr. J.R. Crabtree and his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree. They are our advertisers, our friends, and our doctors. Can't thank you guys enough. All right. All right, here we go. Thepostmillennial.com. Article by uh, Hannah Nightingale entitled, Breaking Acting Pennsylvania Secretary of State Warns of Delays in Counting Midterm Votes. On Monday, Pennsylvania Acting Secretary of State Lee Chapman revealed that there will likely be delays in posting the results from the state's midterm election. Secretary of State Chapman detailed in a virtual news conference how the state would be handling vote counting in the upcoming election. Oh, just like two years ago when you wouldn't let the Republican poll watchers in? Like that, huh? 
She said it would likely take several days to count and certify the votes, according to the Lehigh Valley News, which is a newspaper there in Pennsylvania. You know, in Florida, they count the votes in about, about a couple hours on election night. And I don't know how to break it to you, but Florida has a lot more people in Pennsylvania these days. Secretary of State Chapman said it's really important for us to get accurate information about the election process in Pennsylvania so voters and the public know that when there are delays in counting, it doesn't mean that there's anything nefarious happening. It's just what the law is in Pennsylvania. Except that she left out that it means there's something nefarious going on in Pennsylvania and they're going to be breaking the law. And you can quote me. Chapman said that the potential for delays is due to poll workers not being able to pre-canvas or count mail-in ballots before Election Day. Is there any connection to putting up uh, cardboard over windows and not letting Republican poll watchers in in Philly? Might that have something to do with something? In response to comments that voters should hold on to their mail-in ballots and turn them in to their local board of election on Election Day, Secretary of State Lee Chapman urged voters not to delay in sending them in. She said, we have heard that there's messaging out there in Pennsylvania as far as instructing voters to hold on to their mail-in ballots as part of our voter education campaign. We encourage voters to request that mail-in ballot now and return it as soon as possible. We don't want voters to delay. Yeah. So the post-millennial at the end of their article says, two races being closely watched in the state are the race for governor with Republican Doug Mastriano, Mastriano and Democrat Josh Shapiro vying for that position. And the race for U.S. Senate with Democrat John Fetterman and Republican Mehmet Oz running against each other for that position. Last but not least, the great Fred Lucas over the DailySignal.com. He's the manager of investigations at Daily Signal, frequently on Fox News author of the book, The Myth of Voter Suppression. He's a real guy. Look, even Mark Levin endorsed his book, said Fred Lucas details how the Biden-Pelosi agenda is attempting a federal takeover to wipe away states' clean election laws. Oh, yeah. So let's see what the Daily Signal is saying. Articles entitled, Lawmakers Want to Know Why Pennsylvania Sent Out 240,000 Unverified Ballots. Well, I think more than just lawmakers want to know. I want to know. This is outrageous. You can't tell me Sending out 240,000 unverified ballots is some kind of, ooh, oopsie. My bad, coach. Oopsie. We'd had a little oopsie. No. No, you didn't. Here's what it says. Almost a quarter of a million ballots were mailed to Pennsylvania voters without verifying their identity, state lawmakers say, in a letter seeking answers from the state's top election official. Fifteen Republicans in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives wrote Tuesday in the letter to Acting Secretary of the Commonwealth, Lee Chapman, according to the data as of October 21st, 2022, a staggering 240,000 ballots are not verified. That is an enormous number of ballots which, according to the law, must be set aside and not counted for the 2022 general election unless the voter produces ID. Pennsylvania State Representative Frank Ryan, a member of the House State Government Committee, led the letter. He was the main signer. He was the John Hancock for this one. The letter cites data on unverified ballots for the November 8th election produced by the Pennsylvania Department of State, which... 
Lee Chapman, heads. She's Secretary of State or Secretary of the Commonwealth, since Pennsylvania is technically a Commonwealth. Ryan and the 14 other GOP lawmakers added, and I quote, this will force the counties to, as one county election director described it, go after the missing information to obtain proof of ID for the unverified ballots. What level of additional staffing is allocated for counties to attempt to contact and verify the identity of these quarter of a million ballot recipients? Many of these unverified ballots are likely the result of transposition of numbers or letters, but the purpose of the law is to ensure integrity. The law requires matching. Therefore, all must be set aside and ID verified prior to being counted. Now, Secretary Chapman's office did not respond immediately to a request for comment on this report from the Daily Signal. I'm shocked. I'm shocked, I tell you. The state lawmaker's letter says the problem stems from a 2018 directive from Secretary of State's office instructing counties to register voters without verification or identity. Representative Ryan told the Daily Signal that a 2019 state audit found that the Secretary of Commonwealth's office was uncooperative and had an unreliable system for keeping election records under its statewide Uniform Registry of Electors system. The acronym for that, of course, is SURE. They want to make it sure. Boy, what an irony. In a telephone interview with the Daily Signal, Ryan said, all we're trying to do is get ahead of the balloting process this year. We're letting the Pennsylvania Department of State know we can minimize the number of challenges and fix this before the election. Ryan stressed that the issue isn't about the outcome of elections. He said, no one is saying this determines who wins and loses. Hey, buddy, I am. I'm saying it. Hello, over here, me. He said, we're just saying the database is so broken it needs to be fixed. Well, yeah, it does. And there's a reason that it's so broken it needs to be fixed. The letter notes that during a September 14th hearing by the Pennsylvania House State Government Committee, Ryan asked Jonathan Marks, Deputy Secretary for Elections and Commissions, to explain why the Secretary's office made so many requests to the Social Security Administration's Help America Vote Verification System. Now, that almost sounds like something that was set up by that executive order that the DOJ is stiff-arming in the lawsuit. What business is it of the Social Security Administration, the federal government, to set up some kind of help America vote verification system? Where is that in the Constitution? So Jonathan Marks, Deputy Secretary for Elections and Commissions of the State of Pennsylvania, responded that there were so many requests from his office to Social Security people because it was to verify information on applications for mail-in ballots. He told the committee that if someone submits invalid identification, the counties still must send a mail-in ballot to that requester. Oh, really? Sounds like that would be against the law. During the hearing, Marx stressed the difference between voter registration and voting. He told the Pennsylvania House Committee in voter registration, there's no federal requirement or state requirement that those numbers match or that every voter has to have one of those two numbers, referring to either a state transportation department ID number or the last four digits of a social, social security number. Mark said, with mail-in balloting, it is a requirement. If when you apply, your Pennsylvania DOT ID cannot be verified or your last four of social security number cannot be verified, the county can still issue the ballot, but the ballot doesn't count unless the voter provides a valid form of ID. Oh, I think they want it to, though, don't they? Yeah, maybe so. However, the lawmaker's letter notes the Pennsylvania Department of State contradicted Marks. Now, again, again, who's Marks? Deputy Secretary for Elections and Commissions 
in the Secretary of State's office in Pennsylvania. Okay? The lawmaker's letter notes that the office he works in, Pennsylvania Department of State, contradicted him when it issued guidance on September 26 for examining return envelopes for absentee ballots. That guidance tells counties that verification of who a voter is must happen before they send such ballots to an applicant. The state guidance says before sending the ballots to the applicant, the county board of elections confirms the qualifications of the applicant by verifying the proof of identification. But then you got the total of 240,000 unverified ballots as of October 21st. That's what the Republican lawmakers are talking about in their letter. They asked the Secretary's office to issue a clarification to county election offices and to provide a list of applicants who requested mail-in ballots. Ryan and the other lawmakers wrote to Secretary of State Chapman, due to the conflicting information provided by your department, counties should be required to certify that all of these ballots have been set aside and make a record of the type of identification produced by the voter who previously provided non-matching ID. That is a great Fred Lucas, chief news correspondent and manager of the investigative reporting project for the Daily Signal. And the article is entitled, Lawmakers Want to Know Why Pennsylvania Sent Out 240,000 Unverified Ballots. Now, when my friend Robert Spencer of Jihad Watch saw the article from thepostmillennial.com about the Pennsylvania Secretary of State warning of delays in counting midterm votes. Um, well, I, I want to want to tell you what he said. I'm trying to figure out how to do this because I think you need to hear what he said once he saw that article. Okay, we'll do it this way. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. Believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online. Have delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. Okay. Tweet of the day is a two-parter. First, we have the great Jack Posobiec over at humanevents.com, linking to the postmillennial.com article, Breaking New Pennsylvania Secretary of State Warns of Delays in Counting Midterm Votes. Robert Spencer, Jihad Watch, responded, Fetterman is a shoe-in. He can't lose. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious what's going on. See, one of the things I've been asking, oh, and by the way, thank you, Mitch Ward, RedRiverYourWay.com, for sponsoring the Tweet of the Day, day in and day out now, for a long time. We appreciate y'all. One of the things I've been asking When people talk about the 2024 election and people say, you know, we, we all kind of like to do horse race stuff, right? So who are they going to get to replace Biden? Who are the Democrats going to get to replace Biden? So that's one thing that comes up. Nothing comes up is, is Trump going to run? Is DeSantis going to run? Are they going to be in a primary against each other? Is the Justice Department going to indict Trump? Put him in front of Washington, D.C. jury. They'll convict him with no evidence. So then he can't run. All these different things. But, but what I keep coming down to is, regardless of who runs, who doesn't run, have the five swing states that they used to steal the election in 2020 fixed things. Well, clearly Pennsylvania hasn't. 
and I'm not so sure about the other ones. So, again, I think I've given you enough evidence that it would be reasonable to assume that the Pennsylvania Secretary of State's office is actively trying to steal the 2022 midterm elections in favor of John Fetterman for U.S. Senate and Josh Shapiro for Pennsylvania governor. I think it's reasonable to assume that's what's going on. If you disagree, you can always get a hold of us. Contact at docwashburnshow.com. Anyway, you've been listening to episode 268 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Wednesday, October 26, 2022.